recently. I will destroy them all. Hello and welcome to the coordinate. An Attack on Titan podcast. If this is your first time listening, well, uh, hey, I'm Tyler, and uh, me and my friend Bill take turns talking about the latest episode of Attack on Titan. Uh, I'm up to date on the manga, while uh, everything this season is totally new to Bill. Uh, That said, I won't be spoiling anything for you. Today, I'll be talking about Attack on Titan, episode 73, Savagery. This episode weirdly starts out exactly where the previous episode ended, and by that I mean it repeats like the whole conversation between Gabby and Mikasa and Armin about how all she thinks about is killing. And Armin says something like, kill this, kill that, that's all you think about, just like someone else I know, just like someone else I know. And then, speak of the semi-literal devil, Aaron walks in, and the intro music starts. And yeah, um, I'm I'm still enjoying this intro song, but I think I kind of overplayed it a bit because I've I, I've been skipping it lately. But I I still like it. I just I I went through a phase where I just listened to the original soundtrack to the show like a lot over the past couple of like last month or so. And yeah, I think I just kind of overdid it a bit. Uh, anyways, after that, we come back to the table where Mikasa, Armin, Aaron, and Gabby are all seated. The scene is like super, super tense. It's dead silent in the room, all except for the ticking of a clock. Tick, tick, tick. And, uh, Gabby's fearful whimpering in the presence of the person who destroyed her, like, hometown. Um, so that sucks for her. Um, Aaron says conflict isn't necessary to solve Eldia's problems and that he just wants to talk. But, you know, his his hand bleeding all over the table kind of says, like, something different. It says he's willing to do whatever it takes to keep moving forward, such as exploding through the building a- as a titan. Um, so, yeah, it's not super comfortable. It's like, it, it's, it's a very awkward meeting. And it's sad because we this is the first time seeing these three, like, best friends post time skip so it's an unfortunate way to meet uh armin asks what made uh aaron attack marley solo and if zeke and yolana were really able to bring him over to their side aaron responds by saying he's free and makes his own decisions like you know he's like he, he does what he wants um mikasa accuses him of being manipulated because she knows he is kind and and such because he gave her the scarf after you know killing the, those people as kids um yeah good, good example of kindness a sure self-defense but like i don't know it, it's still pretty psycho psychotic like for little kids to be killing like that um anyways aaron's like no armin is the one being manipulated over here like it's because he's got Bertold's memories like he 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 ate he ate him and now he's got his memories you you all know this to be true Armin is like that revelation just like throws him in shock. He's just like, oh, he, he he knows there's at least some truth to it. And yeah, he hasn't just been visiting uh, Annie out of curiosity's sake. Like consuming Bertold's kind of made him have a thing for Annie in a, a weird way. Yeah. So Armin's thrown into a shock and he doesn't really come out of that until Aaron goes on to accuse Mikasa of being a slave based on what he's learned about uh, Titans and Ackermans from Zeke. So here is what Aaron has to say about Mikasa. He says, yo, Ackermans were designed to protect Eldia's king. When she was faced with a life or death situation, she heard Aaron's order to fight, fight, fight. And in that moment, her instincts were awoken. By mistake, she thought he was the host she had to protect, 
And the headaches that she gets so often are like a result of her old self resisting against protecting the host, him. He then goes on to say he hates slaves, and as such, he has always hated Mikasa, but couldn't figure out why until now. So Mikasa starts sobbing, and that's real sad. And Armin, like, comes out of his shock and just, like, jumps across the table to punch Aaron in the fucking face. And uh, Mikasa slams him, and Mikasa and Armin just look, like, so surprised by her actions, because, like, she clearly didn't mean to do it it was just instinct and aaron's leaning back in his chair bored looking i don't know what gabby's doing she's probably still crying a lot of people think that aaron's like completely lying when he says all of this um especially the bit about hating mikasa but i'm i'm not quite so sure i mean if he is lying i think he's doing similar to like what what zeke did when he was talking about um how he transferred yeah how he transformed connie's village into titans he gave them mostly the truth but then like he, he threw in that bit about them being paralyzed. So I think there, there's a lot of truth in what Aaron's saying. Uh, for example, Mikasa clearly didn't protect Aaron from Armin's punch on purpose. Like that was like purely instinct. And I, I guess that's because she's bound to Aaron, whether it's because of being an Ackerman or just like how, how she loves him. But, you know, I don't think she would purposely hurt Armin, especially in that situation where Aaron was purposely hurting her. Uh, plus, Armin resorting to violence calls back to something he said back in the very first episode. Uh, he said, I win when they resort to violence. And that was a reference to him getting into an argument with some other kids and them beating him up. So I think the fact that Armin had to resort to violence means that he knows like he can't win this argument because the whole thing about him having Bertold's memories and being compromised because of that is true. Like he he feels that to be true. So while I can't say that Aaron has always hated Mikasa, I, I can't say he's always treated her pretty shittily. Uh, other than that time he saved her life. Um, such as like yelling at her for embarrassing him the countless times she saved him. Plus, you know, the time that she ratted him out to his mom about wanting to join the survey corps. Like he, he's always treated her pretty poorly in my opinion. So anyways, Aaron proceeds to beat poor Armin to a pulp while saying that the reason they never fought before is because it wouldn't have been a fair fight at all. Uh, Armin tries to throw in an insult by saying something like, tell me again, who's the slave that bows to a bastard? And Aaron's like, who you call it a slave? And that that line's just like super, super goofy to me. Like, I don't know. Um, I think it's partially like his facial expression then. He's just looking back. We're like, who you call it a slave? Um, I, it doesn't sound goofy when I say it out loud, but and, uh, it, it felt goofy to me. And uh, this whole conversation is, I, I think it's a really good scene. We we don't know where this is going at this point. Like, I, why is Aaron doing this? Like, why do he want to talk to them? Like, presumably, you know, like, I, I know he says it's to find out where Zeke's location is, but he didn't really do anything to try to convert them to a side. He just, like, insulted both of them, and then he's like, now just tell me where Zeke's at. So, anyways, the gang heads to Shiganshina, where it all began, and uh, presumably that is where Aaron is supposed to meet up with Zeke. So, um, I really like the shots we get coming into Shiganshina. We see Aaron's, like, Attack Titan's old, like, hardened uh, husk that he used to seal up the hole in the wall we see that and they've like carved a door into where his eye was and yeah it looks really neat it's like a cool freaky 
kind of horrifying piece of art and i could see that being like the entrance to i think in japan there is like an attack on titan land world i i i could see that being like the entrance you walk in through Aaron's eye that'd be cool meanwhile in the titan forest levi is loudly talking about forcing a jaegerist to eat zeke which i guess is a pretty harsh punishment you know like making them ruin their own plan because without zeke's royal blood that they, they, they can't do what are they trying to do like i i everybody's trying to do the rumbling right like so i don't really know what they're trying to accomplish i i guess they're just trying to rumble quicker anyways uh whatever they want to do with the founding titan they can't do without zeke's royal blooded titan so making one of them eat zeke would ruin that plan but also i feel like you don't want to give you know a titan shifter power to like a jaegerist who is the enemy of the state that seems like a bad idea so one of my favorite lines from this episode is from this conversation Levi says, that bearded shit was our enemy after all, and now we know it. He doesn't deserve to have limbs. So, yeah, basically everything Levi says in this episode is golden, and I'm going to be quoting it throughout the rest of this episode. Like, it, I love Levi. He's great. Um, So, Levi kind of goes into, like, a daydream of fulfilling his promise to Erwin of killing the Beast Titan, when suddenly he hears Zeke's theme song playing, and he knows he's up to no good. He knows he's not reading that book anymore. <sighs> that's when we see Zeke running away and he does a scream. And I Zeke kind of runs away like a dork, which m- makes sense. He, he he is a dork. He's weirdly nerdy to be like an antagonist. Like, I don't know. He He's clearly messed up, but I, he just has this like nerdy energy that makes him sort of non-threatening. But while he may seem non-threatening, uh, he turns everyone in this forest except for himself and Levi into a titan. So now Levi's got 30 mindless titans trying to kill him. And then he's kind of like, like stuck with the guilt of here are all my comrades go dying again like levi's gonna have to put them down and i i like that we see some hesitation with levi like i could totally just see levi like cutting them all down like i know he does care about people like i I don't think he's a psychopath that just like loves killing kind of like zeke is a bit of a psychopath in that way um so yeah he, he he goes to attack one it like bites at him and then he like sees a flash of like who the person was and uh that that's a good moment um he like wonders like could that person still be in there i'm sure there's some like curiosity if there's a way to reverse them but ultimately he can't just let these titans run around like even if he like runs away from them um they could get back to the city and hurt people so he has to put them down and and that sucks i i really like the scene where we see levi in the middle like floating in the air just surrounded by titans it's it's a really cool shot so then we jump to a shot of three of the goofiest looking titans we've seen in a long while and uh they're carrying zeke through the forest and two of them have these like big pot bellies and the the other one's just like doing the floss while running and (laughs) yeah the the, they're extra goofy and it's weird we go from that like emotional scene of seeing levi like all of his comrades essentially die but even worse than that because he has to be the one to actually kill them so we go from that very like emotional beat to now i'm sitting here laughing at these titans because they look so goofy this show is great so zeke gives some kind of like villainous speech about you know explaining his plan and he's not really who's he talking to like i'm pretty sure he's saying this and not thinking it so i guess he's talking to those titans i don't know then he says you thought you had power time choices not realizing you had none of those levi was your biggest mistake and at that moment 
Zeke realizes his biggest mistake because we hear, and presumably he hears, Levi's theme song playing, and he's just like, oh, I, I, I fucked up. Yeah, Zeke's biggest mistake was assuming that Levi was not going to kill his comrades who had been turned into Titans. Like, Levi's not going to give up. Levi's mission in life at this point is to end Zeke. So Zeke transforms into uh, the Beast Titan, and we just see, like, his face. Like, he he's so afraid of Levi, and it's great. <laughs> um, he starts ripping apart one of the Titans, and, like, he pulls its head off and, like, throws it. Like, he, like, pulls it in a couple of pieces and throws it at Levi, and then he rips another one in half, which is pretty freaking brutal, and just, like, guess, like, balling up organs and throwing them. It's weird, but uh, Levi ends this real quick by throwing, like, th- four or five Thunder Spears into Zeke's uh, Titan's neck and just exploding and like just again the fear on zeke's face is fantastic (laughs) when levi drags zeke out of the titan he looks absolutely like a corpse like he just he looks absolutely toasted and uh he says something funny like uh he's just like you smell like shit and it's like you should probably say it looks like that but (laughs) i guess probably coming out of a titan you probably don't smell good anyways and then so levi takes him out to a horse and cart and he like puts a while he's passed out he puts a thunder spear inside of uh zeke so when he heals it like heals around it so it's like lodged in there they ties it to his neck and he's like if you move if you wiggle too much you're 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 gonna blow up and it seems like a real bad plan that could totally backfire but it probably won't um he he has one last fantastic line uh levi says was whimpering covered in shit part of your master plan and i don't think it was (laughs) uh so i never realized where zeke's glasses came from or that there was any interest in them i just thought they were glasses until the scene where uh zeke is asking like have you seen my glasses like velma from scooby-doo and then we find out the origin of the glasses next episode which bill is going to be telling you about so but before that we have one more scene um back in shingashina we get the scene that really solidified my hatred of floke flock i flock so uh you know good old keith shattis is just minding his own business, training like the next group of cadets. When Flock and the Jaeger show up, Flock commands the cadets to beat the shit out of Shadis until he can't stand, because um, Shadis represents the old way of thinking that needs to be extinguished from Eldia, and they show a little hesitance to do so, but uh, ultimately, yeah, they, they, they beat poor Keith Shadis, and... This guy's just had like a very depressing life and I feel bad for him, but I don't think he's dead probably. And he, he, he goes out, he doesn't back down. He's like, these wimps can't take me or something like that. So, um, I don't know that the scene was as powerful as it was in the manga. And that could be just because I knew this was going to happen. Um, but I, I feel like in the manga, they maybe showed a little more of the action. Because, like, in this, it's just, like, we see, like, their fists clench. And then we just see Shadis on the floor, like, covered in blood, like, motionless. So, I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But, I don't know. We don't need to see an old man get beaten, do we? Do we? They seem to have done a lot of that in this episode where they kind of skip the fight. Like, we don't see Levi kill the 30 mindless titans. 
But I'm actually okay with that because it kind of helped in that moment build like the drama of the scene because we don't know what happens until we hear Levi's theme song playing and he just like comes in and destroys Zeke so quickly. And I don't know, it, it worked really well for me in that way. Anyways, I really like this episode. Great. Um, as far as animation, um, I, I think that the Beast Titan did look a little goofy in some scenes. And I noticed when uh, Armin after he gets beat up by uh Aaron I wanted to say Zeke after he gets beat up by um Aaron he's like talking and the bruises on his face aren't moving along with his mouth and it was just kind of weird looking but overall fantastic episode I I can't wait to see more and um yeah uh bill's gonna be back to talk about episode 74 soul salvation in like a couple of minutes like it's probably out now if you enjoy this episode go leave us a review or just like let us know that you, you enjoyed it on twitter that'd be cool we're at coordinate pod until next time don't get eaten for this trek the final frontier these are the voyages of mc troy and eric their mission to introduce tyler to strange new episodes to seek out the best and worst media in the star trek franchise to boldly go where several podcasts have probably gone before you can listen to these goobers talk about star trek by searching for Too Young for This Trek, or by visiting probablywork.com. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.